I know for some of you it's your first time. Maybe you were expecting hoopla, but that's not the flow tonight. I've been, in the, I've been with the Lord most of the day, waiting on him and praying. And uh, I just kept going through sermon after sermon after sermon. Lord, this doesn't fit. Lord, this doesn't fit. Lord, this doesn't fit. Lord, this doesn't fit. What on earth do you want for tonight, Father? Nothing fits. Nothing fits. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But that, I just kept praying, 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 praying. And then finally, he, after a number of hours, he spoke to me. And he quoted me, honey, uh, the prophecy from Pastor Nancy. And he said, I need you to talk about that, son. The people have forgotten. I need you to talk about that, son. The people have forgotten. Oh, it's so important you don't forget what the Holy Ghost has authored. Praise God. Find that verse for me where it says to watch over the words when Paul said that to Timothy. It's in Timothy's first or second. I can't remember. But find that for me, please, brother, while quickly. Uh, while Taylor's finding that, let's have a look over at um, 1 Kings chapter 17. <clears throat> 1 Kings chapter 17. Praise God. Is that it? No. Is that, that's Elijah, right? Yeah. It's not Elijah. You've got to be patient because sometimes when the flow is like this, I don't always have all my notes. I don't have any notes. <laughs> Praise God. So let me just find that verse. Hallelujah. Welcome back to church, everybody. Hallelujah. I trust you're good. Some of you have already been here for a service. Second Kings 4. Second Kings 4. We could do First Kings, but Second Kings is better. 2 Kings 4 is about Elisha. 1 Kings 17 is about Elijah. And I'm, you know this, I'm, I'm not reading a verse that you don't know, but uh, <clears throat> she says here, he says uh, 2 Kings 4.10, 4, 4, 4.8, <laughs> and it fell in the day that Elisha passed to shoot him where there was a great woman. She constrained him to eat bread, and so it was as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive... Behold, now I perceive. I observe by recognition. That's what it means in the Hebrew, to observe by recognition. I perceive. But it's a, it's a spiritual perception. Uh, it's not just in a mental arena. It's a spiritual perception. I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let us set there for, for him a bed, a table, a stool, and a candlestick. Now, it just seems pretty simple here that it's, uh, these items are listed fairly simply. A bed, which really means a sofa, a comfortable place to sleep. And then it says a table. Now, that's specifically a table for eating. It's not just a little bedside table like you would think beside your bed. This is a more elaborate table used for eating. So they gave that prophet something good. Do you understand? It wasn't an afterthought table. And then this word stool, it's really not a stool, but that word stool means in the Hebrew a throne. It is a canopied seat. It was at times the most expensive piece of furniture in a home in terms of the fact that it was ornate and it was a special seat with a canopy over it so that if you were outside, it would shade you and it had gave it privacy. So stool is a very poor translation of this. This lady went all out 
and gave him a, put a throne in that, in that chamber for him, a canopied throne so that he could sit in comfort and read, meditate, do whatever he pray, do whatever he was going to do. So stool is really a, a not a good translation of that word. And then, of course, uh, <clears throat> uh, a candlestick and, in other words, light. And uh, he shall come when he comes to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell in the day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, um, call the Shunammite. And when he had called her, he, she stood before him. And he said unto him, but say now to her, behold, thou hast been careful for us, quickened. That word careful means to move quickly, to have a reverential fear. You have, you have had reverence, quick reverence for us with all this care. And again, that means reverence. You've been quick. You've been, you've been, you've moved quickly. You've moved honorably with all this respect and reverence for us. What is to be done for you? And he, would you be spoken up to the king, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, she says, I'm fine. It was Gehazi that said, you know, she, she doesn't have a son. And then you know the rest of the story, right? I just wanted to draw to your attention again that uh, this person, this lady, was just minding her own business, but she perceived that God had sent somebody into her midst. A lot of people don't perceive when God sends somebody into their midst. It's very important that you perceive right. Do you understand? Uh, if people would perceive that God planted them in a church and perceive the anointing on the pastor to help feed them and protect them, they wouldn't get so easily offended and jump ship and be a church tramp like Dad Dufresne would say. If people would perceive it, this lady perceived it. I'm, I'm, I'm asking how many of you perceive it? It's important that you perceive when we have ministers in here, we don't put them on a pedestal like they're better than other people, but their office and the fact that they've yielded to God and the fact that they've had a good report and, and, and you can look at their life and observe their life. According to uh, Hebrews uh, 13, uh, 7 and 17, it says, observe their life in verse 7, Hebrews 13, 7, and, and observe the end of their conversation, those that have rule over you. In other words, look to see if, 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 if it's coming to pass for them. Look to see the fruit of, of how they're living. If you're seeing good fruit, pay attention. If you're seeing good fruit, submit to them. If you're seeing good fruit, in other words, they're not just having a whole lot of hot air and nothing ever happens the way they say, but they're living for God. It's proving out for them. You can see the blessing of God on them. You can see the, the confirming power of God flowing through their ministry. You can see God opening doors. It's important that people perceive that. Amen? And this lady perceived that. And because she perceived it, she did something about it. And she created a, a space for him, a natural space. But really, it was a spiritual honor. So it was a natural space, but there was a spiritual element attached to the natural actions, wasn't it? Because that honor that was created, he said, now, what, what do you need? In other words, what can my office give you? Well, he doesn't have a child. Well, then the power of God started working through that office because of that honor, because of that place. So it wasn't just about the apartment, Reverend Greg. The apartment was the natural, the natural, in the natural realm, that action. But it was the spiritual thing that was produced because of that natural action that got God's attention and that allowed the power of God to flow. Do you understand? And so I say that to say this, that it's important that people, and I'll, and I'll read it to you something here from in a second from my journal, but it's, this is what the Lord, I had no idea tonight, I, I didn't know what to do, but I just, I know that I know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what he wants for tonight. And so I want you to flow with me, and I can tell that you can't, I know that you are, I sense that you're, that you're in the right place with me tonight, amen? 
It's a different flow. This is a different anointing. This is not the same as it was on the weekend. And I can't manufacture that. But I know because when there's heavy attacks, there was a very, very heavy attack yesterday. And when, I, and when that happens, uh, I don't always connect the two as quickly as I should. But sometimes, not every time, but sometimes it's because the anointing is going to be different uh, the next service. And the devil has a sense of a measure of foreknowledge. And so he'll, he'll just hammer. He'll try, to, he'll try to cause other people to attack. He'll try to cause... Diff- he just, he's trying to get me out of the spirit. You understand? Because he's aware that the anointing is going to be a little bit different. I don't know how exactly how much he knows Reverend Greg, but he knows something. I'm telling you. And so... And, uh, and then my wife, uh, you know, we, she was going to be with the children tonight because this is their last week of school and there's a lot of work that they're trying to catch up on. But as soon as I came out of my prayer time and looked at her, I said, I have no idea what to do tonight. I don't know. I don't know what sermon. I don't know. I just know I've been praying a lot and I just feel that the anointing is bubbling, but I don't know what. And she immediately said, I'm coming. And she got dressed in 3.2 minutes. I've never seen her dress so fast and look so beautiful. And so, the, I don't know, they're going to probably fail their course, but no, no, not their course. I don't, know if they, I don't know if Caleb will get all his assignments in because she's here with me instead of with that little rascal, but that's okay. It's more important to be here than it is to be with the assignments because this is the assignment, Jennifer. So I don't know, it's just a different flow tonight. It's just a different anointing. Not every anointing is like this. But then, then finally, after a long time waiting, many hours, and asking, and not sure what, because I, I don't want to just make a sermon up, I want it to be right, and I heard him say, uh, remind them of the prophecies of Pastor Nancy, uh, because some have forgotten. And so, and this lines up with this verse because uh, in order for us to fulfill some of these prophecies, uh, now you are doing it. This is not a correction. This is an encouragement for those of you that are doing it. And this is a, a, a warning for those of you that are not. And this is a motivation for those of you that are doing part of it, but could do more of it. And that is making a place in the spirit. Now, part of that is coming naturally, but I think you're faithful in coming naturally. Part of that is helping financially, and you give your tithes and offerings. I think you're faithful in that too. But a lot of it is, uh, it's not, it is the natural honor. See, she did natural things for the man of God. She did natural actions, which produced a spiritual honor. So there's natural things, being in ministry of helps, tithing, coming, being on time, being honorable. And I think our congregation more, overall, there's always idiosyncrasy. Certain people just don't get it, but they'll get it over time or they'll leave. I mean, we can't worry about the couple people that don't get it. But I think overall, the congregation is doing very well on this, on the natural things and being faithful with their finances, with their honor, with their ministry of helps, because you're doing natural things to make a, you know, to make this natural place. But it's far more than the natural room. There was a spiritual place being made by the acts of natural honor. Now, what you don't see in the story, but what applies in the New Testament is it's not just natural actions, although natural actions play a big part. It is also spiritual actions of prayer. And the more people pray, and I really mean this, and I'm not just saying this, Reverend Greg, half-heartedly, and I'm not saying this manipulatively. That was a big word. That's a $10 word for a country boy. Now, I used to be a city boy. But then I, walk, I, I drove into Aaron and it said, welcome to the village. The village, brother. I'm part of a village. I used to be part of a city. Now I'm part of a village. I've gone backwards. But praise the Lord. The cows and the, and the horses are with me. Praise God. What was I saying? You see, that wasn't a Holy Ghost bunny trail because I would have remembered what I was talking about. Yeah. I don't know why I talked about Aaron, though. There was something about Aaron I wanted to share. But anyway. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be uh, funny, Reverend Greg, when I say this, because I know people pray. 
but there is something about people understanding that it is not just, I, I have to go to church, which a lot of people do just because of their religious duty, right? And I have to get dressed up, which you don't have to, but it's just it's between you and God. Do the best that you can to honor God. And then I have to come, hopefully on time, and I have to put my money in, and I have to serve, and I have to smile at people, even though I don't want to smile at people. That's what some people think. Maybe others don't. But they do all this stuff, Reverend Greg, and then they just kind of plop down. They just plop down, and then it's just like, okay, like just do what you're going to do, and please keep it short. Because I'm, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I've got a very busy life, and I've got 17 posts of Instagram that haven't, haven't gone through yet, and I've got to get there. Okay, I gotta find a new. Other than CSI, I don't watch TV, so I don't really know what other shows are on other than CSI. Is CSI even still on? Probably not. I don't know. There's gotta be another show that people are watching other than. But you know what I'm saying? People kind of have that attitude of, let me just. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. I've done all my duties. I've ticked all the boxes, Pastor Craig. You can't argue with me or, or, or yell at me because I'm faithful and I've got a good heart and, I, and all to see God is pleased. But they think, this is what I'm trying to get over to you, they think that that's sufficient. They think now because they ticked all their boxes that they are now uh, shooting the moon, that they're top of the barrel, that they're skyrocketing heavenward because they have showed up. They've showed up on time. They've showed up outside of their pajamas. In other words, dressed right, they put a breath mint in, they've smiled at their neighbor, they've been friendly, they've done ministry of helps, they've tithed, they've lifted their hands in worship, sometimes, sometimes not, but this week, you picked the box because you lifted your hands, they prayed in tongues a few minutes, they didn't complain about the songs, because last week they did, but internally they actually said, Lord, I'm going to be grateful for whatever the songs are, so they've ticked all their boxes. They've ticked everything, I'm telling you. And now they think, okay, I, 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 have, I have done my job. Now I just finally, after all that, I'm exhausted. <laughs> just sit down and pastor, I don't know what you're going to do. Just do your dog and pony show. Just do whatever it's going to do. And please make it quick because I got to go. And you see, and then they see that we got to compliment them because they've at least done more than most Christians do. But they've missed something very important. And it's not just doing all that stuff. That, that doesn't. That you've passed, but that doesn't mean that it's at the highest flow that it could be. Because there's something about not just showing up and coming, but there's something about before you come, praying. And I, think a lot, I, don't, think, I don't think hardly anybody does that. There's something about me when I'm in the hotel room with Jenny before we go to see Pastor Nancy, wherever we are, where we spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost for the plan for that service to come to pass, for utterance to be in her mouth, for boldness to be her portion, for the Spirit of God to use her and for the highest flow to be accomplished. What am I doing by praying before this, while I'm at home? And not just five minutes before I leave the house, but even maybe even Monday for Wednesday or Thursday for Sunday. I mean, I'm not just talking about, you know, 9.05 and you leave at 9.07. So you pray two minutes before church and, and now, yes, technically you've prayed. But you understand, I'm talking more than that. I'm, I'm talking about people that get, a, that get this revelation that it's not enough just to come with my tithes and my ministry of helps and dressed up on time, smiling and sit there unoffended and lifting my hands. You, you are succeeding, but you are still in the lower echelons of the realm of the spirit. You're doing 
doing the natural very good, but there is something missing. There's something extra that is required if we're going to get to where we need to go, Reverend Greg, because if people don't actually spend time, not just a minute, but actually spend time before, not just in early, uh, you know, pre-service prayer, that too, that's important. But I'm talking about during the week where people are actually praying for the service that's coming up and saying, what are you doing when you pray for the service? Now, you don't see the lady praying, you just see her doing natural things. But that's because Old Testament doesn't always line up 100% with the New Testament because there's things of the spirit we're dealing with where they were really only dealing with things of the natural. Now, the things of the natural produced a spiritual honor which released the power of God. But in the New Testament, it's more than just natural acts. Everything I've talked about are natural things and they're important because without them we'll fail. The church will fail. So thank God you're doing that. But there's something, and I feel like the Holy Ghost is trying to say, tell them all their boxes that they've ticked. I'm so pleased with them that they've ticked their boxes. But that's JK. (laughs) Now I'd like to graduate them to grade six. Okay, we haven't even talked about high school, university, or PhD programs in the spirit. We're just talking still about pretty elementary stuff. But it's great that they've done all these things. But what I'm looking for is not just people to take those boxes. I'm looking, God says, for people to actually have an anticipation and deal with certain things in the spirit for the service before the service even happens, before the day of the service even dawns. What you're doing when you seek God and you pray out, mainly in tongues, because you don't have... you. You can pray in English, you can confess things over the service, and you should do that in English, absolutely. But a lot of it is you don't know in your mind what God wants for that service, so you can't confess it because you don't know. Now, you know he wants the glory, and you know he wants his presence, and you know he wants healing, and you know he wants faithfulness, so you can confess as much as you know. But there's a lot that you don't know that he wants for that service, especially utterances to come out, and things to be said, and then things to be demonstrated of what was said. And you don't exactly know all of that. So you have to pray it in the spirit because only the Holy Ghost knows. And he's probably not going to tell you what you're praying. He might, he might not. You could ask him to interpret, but that doesn't mean he always will. You don't need to know everything. You may pick things up and say, I have a sense this is going to happen on Sunday or this is going to happen on Wednesday. And many times you'll watch, you'll be right. And other times you'll be wrong. So don't, don't, don't get, don't get offended and don't get frustrated and don't get condemned. Just, you know, don't, don't try all the time to peg the service. Because that can, you can get in trouble with that. If the Lord shows you something, it's great that you know. But don't try to figure out because that you're try- you just be very careful with that. It's okay if he reveals it to you. But you know, you trying to clamor and try to, you try to force that for God to show you what's about to happen in a service. Uh, demons will start, will start working with you because uh, the, they know to a measure what's going to happen. And if you try to force that kind of stuff to happen instead of the Holy Ghost just showing you what is about to happen, because sometimes you don't need to know. Sometimes it's none of your business. <laughs> All your job is is to pray it out. You don't need to know everything that's going to happen. Your job is to pray it out so that the Holy Ghost can bring to pass. Now, if, if nobody's really praying... Are you listening? Because I'm, I'm speaking to you by the Spirit tonight. If nobody is praying in the week, this is a new season. We're starting into it. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, just like something's changed. The first part of the year, it seemed to me, the first few months, we had just entered Hebron and we were busting and bucking and shouting and snorting and just getting used to the fact that it's Hebron. And then the prophet comes and starts prophesying uh, coronavirus and I thought he was a false prophet. <laughs> And then the next week, the coronavirus hit. And now for three months, we've just been just keeping out, just, 
I'm not really thinking about anything else. I'm just trying to keep the church together in one piece, unified, giving. Let's just, you know, it's just been weird. So like, it's like that second quarter was just freaky. That's just, that's all I can say. God was with us. He delivered us. He's taken care of us. He's taken care of you, but we haven't had the momentum. We have, we're not moving in the spirit the way we should because it limits when you can't see people. There's only so much you can do when you can't see people. In the realm of the spirit I'm talking about, the spiritual thing moving. But now it's like we're starting almost like another phase or something. I don't know, explain it. Almost like another quarter, like a third quarter kind of thing. It's not a third quarter exactly by date, but you know what I mean in the spirit? It's like we're, we're starting something else now. And, 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 and I believe it's go, we're going to get through this season, however, probably two, three, four months. And then I think I sense in my heart something else is going to switch. And toward the end of the year, there's going to be another, another gear. Is gonna, we're going to hit another gear in this takeoff year. And I'm sure hoping that Pastor Nancy will be able to come if the, if the borders open and if they don't make her quarantine for two weeks after she, yeah. when she arrives, she, she won't be able to come if they force her to quarantine herself because she can't be here for two weeks doing nothing and then preach for four days and then go home. So we need to pray that, that, that they find a vaccine or that they say that she could wear a mask or something. I don't know, but we need her to come. I need her to come. We need Dr. Jerry to come. I, I was going to have Brother Randy back again in the fall. So I, I need these people to come, but we needed to work out. I don't know. I just sense whether they come or not. I just sense that uh, in, in, in the latter part of the year, there's going to be another, like when you're driving a stick shift, ever driven a stick shift and those that you're revving that and then you hit it and you just, you surge forward a little bit. I sense that's going to happen toward the end of the year, but I don't exactly know when. And I believe they have a role to play in that. These, these ministers that we submit to. So I'm trusting that they will come, but I, I sense that that's going to happen whether they come or not. It's just that they will aid it. It will, it will be stronger if they come, but, but it's not limited. God's not limiting us just to them. It will happen anyway. But I'd sense we're at a very important part right now, Reverend Greg. We've had a strange year. We're halfway through. We're starting quarter three. And, and I just sense, and that's why I said, Lord, I thought he wanted me to continue the foundational teaching that I started on the weekend. So I was expecting a fourth sermon of basic doctrine. And, and, and nothing, nothing was right. Nothing was right. I just knew I was agitated in my spirit. This is not right. This is not right. And then finally I realized I don't want you to teach. And then I said, oh, I said, you just wanted three. And you know, this is a side, this is a side note, but he, he quoted a verse to me. He said, my word says the water, the spirit and the blood agree. Yeah. And the water is the, wa the word, the washing of the water of the word. It's the word. And he said, what did I tell, tell you to teach Saturday night? The word and faith. What I tell you to teach Sunday morning, the blood of Jesus and protection. What I tell you to teach Sunday afternoon, being led by the spirit and how to listen to the voice of the spirit. I didn't even connect that. But he said to me today, this water, the spirit and the blood agree. You did the, you did the three messages I wanted as a foundation launch. But this, this service is not about teaching a basic doctrine. I want you to talk to them prophetically. I want you to talk to them about something that's very important because you're entering to a new, this is a new season. And, and, and listen, he complimented you. He commended you. They're doing very well on these natural acts. They're doing very well. Tell them to keep doing very well. But it's not enough to just tick the boxes. Because there's another, there's another box that hasn't been ticked. That's not even on people's list. They don't even know it is a box. My job is to tell you there's a new box. Your job is to tick it. Because people's heart, Reverend Kim, are so pure of heart. 
in our church. I really mean that. We have pure-hearted people in our church. I'm not confessing that by faith. Sometimes I do confess it by faith. But I'm saying that as a factual statement. We have very pure people, very pure heart. Like look at Deanne over there. So pure as the driven snow. My God. My God. Just pure-hearted people. We have pure-hearted people. And if they know there's a box, they'll try to tick it. They want to tick the boxes that God wants them to tick. We're not dealing with people that are fighting against it, and I'm trying to drag you by your hair screaming. There are people that want to tick the boxes, but I have a sense that some people don't even know the box exists. So what I'm doing in this service is I'm drawing a box for you by the Spirit of God under the anointing and by the instruction of the Holy Ghost to let you know there is another element that goes beyond the dress and the attendance and the tithing and the ministry of helps and the walking in love and all this stuff. There's something else that God is looking for in this season. And that is to make a place, to prepare a place in the Spirit for the utterances and the demonstrations of God to happen in those services. You need both utterances and you need demonstrations. Because he says, I will confirm the word. What is that? The word you preach. What is that? Utterances. What you say are utterances with demonstrations. Remember 1 Corinthians 2? Demonstrations of the Spirit and power. And then, of course, Mark 16, God working with them, confirming the word preached with signs and wonders following. He, but what, remember, that's Mark 16. And then in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says that my words would not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in my words, my utterances would be in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith would rest on the power of God. Amen. So he says my words are to be in demonstration of the spirit and power. So there are utterances and there are demonstrations demonstrations. There is the preaching and then there's him confirming or demonstrating what is preached with things happening. And it's not always just healing bodies, although that's included. It's not always a miracle, although that's included. But he can confirm and demonstrate in people's lives, even internally. That can be a measure of demonstration where he rocks people. Where the word goes and it changes them. That is a measure of a demonstration. Why? It, maybe they didn't get healed or there wasn't some outward manifestation and at the moment. But you look at them the next week and they're doing, they're doing what was just preached. They are now demonstrating that word by their own actions and lifestyle. So that is a measure of demonstration when it's not always just a healing that occurs, although many times it is. God is looking for people to pray and make a place Make a place, occupy a place, take hold of a place, create a, create a deeper place for the whole. And do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? When you pray, your prayer and faith is releasing in the realm of the spirit. God has now permission to do things because you sacrificed and prayed. If you didn't pray, he's limited in what he can do. John Wesley said, it seems that God is limited that he can do nothing in the earth except men pray, except men ask him. And that's very true. That's why he said, I give you the authority. If you bind, whatever you bind, I'll help you. And whatever you loose, I'll help you. But it's all, notice it's always on us. He, now he has set times where he's going to do certain things, but a lot of it is he's waiting for people to, to get a hold of some of these things and pray it out. And that's what I know I need to share tonight. Uh, we just did three initial fundamental messages, and this is kind of like the odd one out, so to speak, this tonight's message, tonight's ser service, because it's like a Wednesday night, and then it's like we start our new long-term schedule Sunday Father's Day. We kind of start that new schedule, Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, 
right? This, this week, today is the end, the, today night is the end of this first launch week. So I kind of feel like we're, we're kind of at the tail end of this transition period as we're about to launch into something, uh, a schedule. Naturally, but also spiritually, we're launching into something now for the next number of months. And I don't think it's by coincidence that God is picking this service, and even though not all the congregation is here, but he's picking this service to tell the congregation something very important. It's, I'm, I'm pleased, he's pleased that you're doing all these wonderful things and that you're showing honor, because uh, there's a measure of, of spiritual power released because of your, your natural boxes you've ticked. But there's something more that's required, and that is for people to start laying hold in the spirit. That is for people to start not just doing the natural things, but doing spiritual things. That they, they, look for, they, look into that, they look forward and look into the future of that service and they say, Father, I don't know what needs to be said in that service. And I don't know what needs to be demonstrated in that service, but I am so hungry that what you want said and what you want demonstrated would surely come to pass. So I'm going to lend you my voice. I'm going to let you use me. I'm going to begin to pray as the Spirit gives me utterance. And I'm going to begin to pray out and birth out and lay a hold of and lay the track, so to speak, for that service so that the train of your perfect will and power can come on barreling through. Lord, I'm going to lend you my voice. Use me. Let me be a part of it. I want a part of it. I don't just want to sit there, sit down in the seat and be the recipient. I want in the courts of heaven, I want in the annals of heaven for there to be a record that I had a part in preparing for that service, that I put one peg, one stake in that, in that, in that railway track, that I did a part, I did something in the spirit to prepare in the realm of the spirit, to make a place in the spirit so that what needs to be said would be said and what needs to be done would be done. Lord, I yield my vessel to you and I yield my voice and I ring my faith to it and I say, give me utterance, Holy Ghost. I'm praying out for the perfect will of God for that service because I'm hungry that I will hear what needs to be said and I will see what needs to be done. And I may not even be in that service, but the ones that are in that, I'll be on the live stream, but the ones that are there, Lord, they need it. And I don't know how many of them are praying. I don't know how many of them heard Pastor Craig on that Wednesday night. I don't know how he paid attention but father I want you to know I paid attention I heard what the pastor said I took notes on what the pastor said I want a part in these services not just showing up like just feed me I want a part in the preparation of what God wants to do in these services coming up father all four of them I want a part and I'm going to lend you my voice now use me and you start praying in tongues and you start laying the track. And you, you drive a stake into that track. I'm telling you, the heaven records that you drove a stake into that track. And what happens at that service? Part of, part of what happens, you get the reward for. And don't get carnal where you're looking and saying, oh my gosh, there wasn't a prophecy. There wasn't this. And there wasn't monkey swinging from the lights. I don't know what happened. We didn't have a party. Angels didn't come. I feel the breath of angels' wings. People are like, I don't feel it. I'm, I'm trying to feel it. I felt it. I felt the angel's wings. No. You see, people are looking for these, Jenny. They're looking for these natural manifestations. And sometimes there are. But just because there's not doesn't mean that what you paid the part for didn't happen. Because as long as what is, needs to be said is said with skillful accuracy and with boldness. And what needs to be demonstrated is demonstrated accurately and in the spirit. Then the highest flow for that service came to pass. And that's what we're looking for. That is my, I'm going to read some things to you now, but that is my simple message for tonight. Many of you are ticking your boxes and I can't tell you how grateful I am. I, this is not a rebuke or a correction. This is an encouragement to let you know there's another box some of you may not have noticed 
There's another box. Maybe you had to turn the paper and it was on the other side. Maybe you didn't know there was another box. But that box is a ministry of prayer. That box is a making a place in the spirit. It's not just showing up. It's, Lord, what is my part in that service? Not just am I ushering, because that's a part, but I'm not talking about natural ministry of helps. I'm not talking about just what you give financially. All those are parts, and they're natural and spiritual. But now I'm talking about a spiritual, a spiritual exercise, that your prayer, your praying will, play, will create a place in the Spirit, so that when I get up, into, or whoever gets up into that pulpit, they step into what your prayers have prepared. Yeah, amen. Do you understand? Yeah. Now, that's a spiritual church. Yeah. Not just where the pastor sits, stands up there and you all look pretty and nice, but really in your heart, you're, you're like, dear God, I made it. Just hurry up and get it done quickly. You sound like Jesus. Let him that is hand to betray me do it quickly. <laughs> That's what some of you sound. Just, pastor, just whatever you got to do. By God, do it quickly. I got to go. And you just kind of slop down there and there's, and there's, and there's nothing, you, but, but it's still better than most churches. <laughs> so we, we got to pat you on the back that you showed up and that you bought your tithe and that you ushered and that you helped and that you did this and that you didn't slap somebody in the parking lot, that you, you're trying. You are trying. God sees it. He's so pleased. But instead of just kind of sitting there with the attitude of give me and feed me, which we want you to have the attitude of feed me. But before you arrive, I want you to have the attitude of what is my role? In the spirit, not just in my ministry of helps and money, in the realm of the spirit, by prayer, what is my role in that service? It might be a whole track, and there's a whole bunch of 400 people that are laying tracks. Hopefully all of you are. And you may only have one peg each, but without that peg, when that train comes through, that thing starts to rattle and move. Every person's got a part. Every person's got a place, a, place, a stake to, 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 a peg to stake in that ground, to hold that track in place. Every person's got something to pray out. And listen, listen to me. If you will pray for the service, you will find yourself anticipating what God is going to do more in the service. If you pray, you'll show up excited. Instead of, I made it, just do what you do quickly and let me go. If there's a sense of excitement, there's a sense of, I don't know what God's going to do, but I've had a part in this. And, and I, don't, I just plumb expect God to do something because I didn't waste my time praying for nothing. Amen. So you come expecting God to move. You come anticipating God to move. You come with, a, with faith and expectation and you come with joy. And then you're paying attention more and you're alert and you're anticipating and you don't exactly know what. It just might be one phrase that God nails in your heart. And you say, that's what it was. I don't know if everybody got it, but I got that, Lord. That's for me. That's what I prayed out. Praise God. I didn't know what I was praying out, but that's what I needed to hear. Hallelujah. You can go through a whole sermon for one sentence, for one word. I've had entire sermons, Pastor Nancy's preached like, well, that's good. Well, that's good. And if you're down to me, you're amen, that's good. And I'm like, amen, that's good. But it's not like amazing. I'm not, I don't feel my heart jump, but it's good. It's good. And after I've said it's good for 98 times, it's good. And I'm waiting for it's great, but it ain't coming. It's good. And then all of a sudden she'll say one, sometimes she'll say, didn't mean to say. Sometimes she says it as a joke when she's walking off. Sometimes she says it in passing. Sometimes there's no hoopla. Sometimes there's no lead up, Greg, but you'll say one thing and my spirit will go. And I go, that's great. It went from good to great. And then back to good. <laughs> you can hear all the stuff, but all of a sudden one thing be your answer. Or maybe you've been praying for somebody in the church and then you hear their answer preached and you go, 
Well, I didn't, maybe I learned the Bible, but maybe nothing, I didn't get a specific answer, but I've been praying for that person and they got their answer. Maybe I was praying out that he preached their answer. But it's not always just about you. Sometimes it's about your brothers and sisters that need some help. Or maybe you know somebody's at home and they're offended or they're sick or they are lost their job or they've cast off restraint and you've been praying for them and encouraging them and all of a sudden the answer is brought forth. And, and it may not even be for you, but you go, I prayed that out. I prayed that out. That's good. That's great. That's good. Great. Great. Good. That's great. Good. I prayed that out. I, did, I, I, I drove my stake to hold that track in place. And look, 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 the perfect will of God came through. I may have not done the whole thing, but I did part of it. Now, you see, when you do part of it, there's something where you feel like I'm connected to the service. I'm invested, Reverend Taylor, in the service because I've spent time before God in the service for the service. Now, you see, when you do that, you're preparing a place in the spirit. I want you to understand what's happening. Your prayers are creating an atmosphere. Your prayers are, are creating a platform do you understand? For the Spirit of God to work through whoever, maybe through the worship team, maybe through the offering, maybe through the testimony, maybe through a prophetic word, maybe through the sermon, maybe through somebody else in the congregation, and it's got nothing to do with what's happening at the front, but somebody is inspired by the Holy Ghost with edification, exhortation, and comfort, and they say a word of prophecy, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Not correction and not foretelling, but they just give a simple word of encouragement to somebody in the bathroom, and you didn't even know it, but that, that person, something went into them when that person said that. Oh, my God. And, and yes, I'm, I, God will use me, but God will also use other people in the congregation. It doesn't always, most of the time it happens up here, but it can happen out there too. Amen. It could be one thing. It could be one anointed song you sing, Taylor, and they connect and the power of God comes on them. And that one person prayed out that experience. That was their peg. And then somebody else prayed out the inspiration on, the, on the whoever does the offering. And somebody sees tithing in a new way. See, that was an answer. Maybe you prayed out that part of the service. And maybe there was a word of knowledge and somebody got healed or somebody got, got, got saved on another country watching. Maybe that was your peg. That was your part of the service. I don't know, but I'm just saying a lot of stuff's happening. But God wants more to happen. And if people will invest, invest in the service spiritually by prayer, and they will drive their stake in the ground and say, that's my part to play. They'll come with greater faith. They'll come with greater anticipation. They'll come with greater joy. And actually more will happen. We'll see more miracles. We'll see more healings because people are paying the price. Let me tell you, I'm not a lazy dog. There's a restaurant in California called the Lazy Dog, and I like to go there. But I am not a lazy dog, Reverend Taylor. I am putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak. I am, spank, I am seeking God. You have a pastor that I guarantee you I pray more than you. And if I find out that you pray more than me, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> trouble for me, not trouble for you. I'll pat you on the back. Um, this is not a competition. But let me tell you, Jesus prayed more than the disciples. He said that to me. He said, who do you think prayed more, son? Me or Peter? I didn't see Peter all night at the mountain. Peter's sleeping. And even on the night of temptation in the, in, in the get some money, the get some any place, remember? He's sleeping. What a rat. The time Jesus needs him the most, he's, he's, he's sawing logs. Listen, I don't see Peter on the mountain praying all night. I don't see John on the mountain praying all night. All I see is him wanting to nap all the time on Jesus' chest. John, he puts his head on the chest. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. You're the best. 
And then John's so competitive that he tells everybody in his gospel that he beat Peter when he ran to the, like they were racing. And he wanted everybody to know. And he doesn't call himself by the name John. Did you notice that? He says, a disciple whom Jesus loved. He says, in other words, that guy, Jesus likes him. But me, he loves me. I mean, John's got a bit narcissistic, man. He's got a bit of pride issues there. <laughs> now, don't get offended. John was a normal person, and he did bad. He did things. He's not just because he's called Saint John in your Bible. You're also Saint Errol, and you're Saint Jessica, and you're 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 Saint. <laughs> She's my mama. I'm allowed to break social distancing. She's in my social circle. So John, John, you know, John loves Jesus, and he wants everybody to know that he's the favorite. And you know what? He was the favorite. I don't know why I was saying any of that. <laughs> but the point is, the, oh, that's right. Jesus said to me, who do you think prayed more, me or Peter? And I said, Lord, I, I didn't think about that before. And I realized you prayed more. Because it doesn't record Peter doing any of those things or John or any of them. It says that Jesus was praying all night. It says that Jesus was waiting on God in the wilderness 40 days. None of them went to fast. They were eating fish. They were eating fish cakes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Fish, fish, fish. Fried fish, poached fish, dried fish, stuffed fish, every kind of fish while Jesus is fasting. I don't see those boys fasting. I just see Jesus fasting. And then when the Pharisees rebuked them and said, why don't you fast? We fast. We're John's apple. Jesus said, hey, they don't fast while I'm here. And Peter's like, amen, brother. Amen. I don't fast while the bridegroom's with me. Amen. I like that kind of preaching. He's happy that he doesn't have to fast. I noticed that Jesus prayed a lot more than the disciples. And the Lord said to me, he said to me, now I prayed more than my people that were under me. He said, I expect you to pray more than anybody in your congregation. Now, there's not a competition, which is why I don't tell you how long I pray. I don't do that on purpose because it's not a competition. Because then you're going to try and you're going to try to exceed that. You're going to set your alarm. Then you're going to send me a text or a nasty email and say, Pastor, just want you to know I broke your record. And I get in the flesh. It's not a competition. But I want you to know something. It's important that you know something. Because, because if you look at Barna Statistics, which is a wonderful group in the States that do statistics on churches, thousands of churches that they do stats on. If you look at the most recent stats, pastors pray 2.5 minutes a week. 2.5 minutes a week. Not a day. <laughs> a week. And I can tell you what the prayer is. It's right before they come out and preach and they go, oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. My handicap at golf improved this week, but Lord, I don't know what to say to the people. Oh God, help me. That's their two and a half minutes right there. I'm just telling you that there's a, there's a gross lack in the body of Christ with people that are really serious about God it, from the top down. Not on our camp. Pastor Nancy is a prayer warrior. Dad Hagen probably prayed more than any human being I've ever heard of. It's not a competition and we're not trying to be religious or competitive or carnal. What I'm saying is I want you to know if I ask you to increase your prayer, you can take it to the bank that I am doing the same thing. That I am not asking you to do something that Jenny and I are not blazing the trail on. And you should have confidence to say, I know my pastor prays. Yes, he might go for a ride. He might have a hobby here or there. But I know he prays. I know he's a man of prayer. There's, there's something so safe about knowing that the person leading you is a person of prayer and a person of the spirit and a person of the word. 
Because if you're following them close, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If you're following them close, that word follow means closely follow. If you're following them close, you want them to be in prayer and you want them to be in the word and you want them to be in the spirit. Because if they start getting off, uh, you're going to have to be very skillful to recognize. Otherwise, they'll lead you off. If you're spiritual, you'll sense the off and then you won't follow. But if you're not spiritual, a lot of people, they just barrel on with the pastor. They don't care what he does, what he says. And they just barrel on because they don't, they're not spiritual themselves. They don't pray themselves. So I want you to be spiritual. I want you to know, I want you to pray. And I want you to know that I'm praying. And that this is not just something I'm expecting you to do while I gallivant all the time. On, do all this stuff and just expect you to carry the spiritual burden is what I'm trying to say. I don't mean a bad burden. I mean the prayer burden, the intercessory burden. Because Jenny and I are doing our part. And I think God is probably telling me this because he knows we're doing our part. Maybe he's authorized us to say it, Jenny, because he knows that we're doing, as, we're doing what we can do. I'm doing what I can do. I, I don't know how much more I can do. There's always more. There's always more. Praise God. But I'm, I'm doing more than I've ever done. And so was my wife. So we're doing our part. I'm asking you, God through me is extending a hand to you and saying, will you take a stake? And will you drive it in the ground? Will you have a part to play? Will you invest in the service? Will you pray a little bit more? Will you make a place in the spirit so that that anointing is prepared, that place is prepared, so that whoever is the, whoever, whether it's somebody in the congregation giving an encouragement, the worship, the minister, that there's something prepared for them to step into so that things can happen, that, 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 that fireworks can happen and things, people's lives can be changed. I'm asking you to help me. And increase your prayer for the service and increase your expectation for God to speak. Amen. Amen. Have you noticed that, that I've said over and over again, and I don't try to, that's not my plan because Pastor Nancy taught me, you always study and prepare your sermon. Always. But she said, now you don't study and prepare your sermon and be married to your sermon. You just date your sermon. Mm. Looking good. I like you. But you're not married. And then when the Holy Ghost, if he says, I want you to do this, then you just say, okay, we're not going to go out now tonight. You have to wait. I'm married to the Holy Ghost. I'm not married to you. I'm not married to my notes. I'm not married to the time, the clock or anything. I'm I'm married to God. If he says, talk about this, I'll talk about that. But you always have to be ready because the Bible says rightly prepare and divide the word of truth. Don't, you can't be slack and lazy and just expect the Holy Ghost to always bail you out. And then Reverend Randy, remember that guy? He said something to me, and he said it publicly too, but he said it privately. He taught me something. Now, that's more the prophet's office, and and, and I step a little bit into that from time to time, but not like him. He's on another level. But he said to me, he said, uh, when, when, when he said, at least for him, but he also said to me that I would experience this more, and I am experiencing it. He just said it in March. We're already experiencing it. So it's coming to pass because he said to me, not to the same measure as him because he's on another level. But he said to me, he said, what's most important is not that you prepare a sermon, but you prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. That's why I spend a lot more. I spend a lot of time studying, but I spend more time. I don't spend more. They're equal. But when it comes to services, I, I, I do my message, but I spend a lot of time in prayer. A lot because that prepares my vessel, that prepares my spirit so the Holy Ghost can communicate to my mind what he wants without all this noise. That's why I don't answer my phone. I don't read emails. I don't read texts. I don't do anything a number of hours before the service because I need peace. Seriously, even even leaving late and, and trying to go down those country roads too fast. 
which I, which I, I don't do because uh, even doing that, 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 now if I'm on the Autobahn, it's different, Brother Rob. There's an anointing, but there's no anointing on Mississauga Road, right? And, and, if, I, and if, I, if I'm, you know, like this, because I got to get there, I got to get there, I got to get there, it, it disturbs my peace. So to, just to leave earlier and just to drive, just calm, just calm. Just calm. Do you understand? Because it's a, it's a process. It's not just one act. There's a whole, there's a number of things that go into it, me. It's not just me getting dressed and coming to church. There's a whole lot that goes into it that none of you even know about. So that when I stand here and when my wife stands here, that I am, we are prepared and we've done our natural part and we've obeyed God and prepared a message, but that, our, that we are prepared, not just the sermon, that we are prepared to say forth what he wants and do what he wants. Now, I see if you pray, then you should be happy about that because then you know he's not just bound to that religious legalistic way of doing things, but the Holy Ghost can can say things. The Holy Ghost can flow. The Holy Ghost can move. Gifts of the Spirit can operate. And that's what you're praying for. If you plant a peg, a stake in the thing, that's what you're praying. Lord, we want what you want in that service. So you show Pastor Craig. Now, don't, don't text me and tell me what you think God is telling you to tell me to do in the service. But just pray it out. That's your job is just to pray it out. And then and I, I'm, I'm learning. I'm going to miss it from time to time. But I'm, my heart's pure and I'm trying to do the best job I can. But I think most of the time we get it. And have you noticed how many times have I said, I don't know, God won't let me preach. But how many times have I said that during COVID-19 and during recently? I mean, I say that a lot because he changes it all the time. Yeah. But I'm still prepared. But see, the Holy Ghost wants to say something else. And he's trying to train me. Stop being so in your rut and listen to me, boy. This is not about you getting out what you want. This is about what me getting out what I want through you. Because the people have prayed and I've heard their prayers. And I want something said and I want something done. And I'm going to use you or I might use him or I might use her. But I'm going to use that service to accomplish my will. So don't you get locked up in your legalism. You just prepare yourself as well as your sermons that you can flow in the Holy Ghost and do what he wants. That's why you're praying. Do you, are you with me? Yes. Praise God. I miss you all. I know the last services, we had all these announcements and, and we're going to do announcements on Sunday. Uh, whether, maybe you are lucky, you got a gift. You don't have to go through any announcements. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of little tweaks and changes that we're making and we'll talk about I just, I just The Lord said, don't do any of that. Don't do any of that. I just want you to stand up. I want you to share what I've, sh- what I've revealed to you, that there is an anointing on the people to pray, an investment in the service. They're doing great on all their boxes, but there's another box. Some of them don't even know what's there. Tell them it's their son. Tell them. It's not just about showing up at pre-service prayer, or they'll show up at pre-service prayer, but it's about investing spiritually days even before the service, whether you're, they're coming or not, whether they're watching or not, just investing, saying, Lord, I want to play a part so that something happens, and it was because I prayed it out. Yes. I'm telling you, this is so precious to God. Hallelujah. 8.55. I have a couple more minutes and then we'll close. But let me, let me uh, what was that verse? I gave you a long time to find it, brother. And you didn't check it? The fight the good warfare, it's not that hard, right? Praise God. Yeah, I did say that, honey. I did, brother. I did, I did. Yeah, yeah. Where's that one? 118. Oh, okay. Thank you, brother. You, uh, you know, there is no 18th verse in 1 Timothy. Brother. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I'm just... Uh, the, 
This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them, by the prophecies, might war a good warfare. That you take those prophecies, what God has says, and you, in the spirit, you, you push forward. You fight. You say, Father, what has said will surely come to pass. What has said will surely come to pass. I'm not letting it go, Father. Listen, when God gives a prophecy corporately or to an individual, he's simply telling you what his will is. It does not guarantee that it will come to pass. Do you understand? If a, if a preacher says, thus saith the Lord, thou art going to the islands to preach the gospel, and you da 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 Dan, that doesn't mean that it's automatically coming to pass. It means that if they're hearing right, that God is giving you a specific word that you can't find a scripture and verse for, but it lines up with the Bible, but it's specific for your life. So you're not going to be able to find a reference. But there's a specific word that God is saying, this is my perfect will for you. Do you understand? That doesn't mean it automatically comes to pass. It's just God telling him, telling you that that's what he wants. But now you still have part to play in that. You've got to position yourself when he says, do, go, go here and you don't go there. You're, you're limiting if that word can come to pass. When he says, don't go too quickly and you go too quickly, you're limiting whether that word can come to pass. When he says, now I don't want you to leave that church and go here. I want you to stay here. I don't want you to have that friendship. Cut that person off. Not be mean, but they're going to they're rob you of certain spiritual things that you need. And you don't listen to all those, what you don't think are important, but because you, you're just looking on the prophecy. But if you don't follow all the little things that he does after the prophecy, and you don't position yourself and obey and keep your heart right and pray in the Holy Ghost a lot about that prophecy so he can lead you to make actions to cause that prophecy to actually manifest. That prophecy was what God wanted, but that doesn't mean it will happen. A lot of people, oh, they prophesied to me, bless God, and nothing happened. Well, that's because you're stupid. You, you didn't pray. You didn't pray in the Holy Ghost. You weren't led by the Spirit. You didn't release your faith. You didn't obey God. You just did, you were a carnal bucket. You did whatever you want, and then you sit back and go, well, that prophecy didn't come to pass. Well, of course it didn't come to pass. God's not, you're not a puppet, and he's the master, and he's forcing you to do things. He's simply saying, I want this to happen for you. Now it's up to you if you're going to align yourself and agree and obey and, and let, let my power work so it can come to pass. The Bible says, I want you to be healed. The Bible says, I want you to be prospered. That doesn't mean everybody's healed. That doesn't mean everybody's prospered. God is saying what he wants, but now the person has to take that, align themselves, make actions and words line up and obey and be led by the spirit and do the word so that that word of God about healing manifests. So the word of prophecy manifests if you position yourself. Are you with me? That's why it says fight a good warfare. There's been words spoken over you. Don't let those words go. Use those words to push. Use those words to press. Use those words to fight. Watch over those words. Protect those words. Father, you said it. My job is to cause my, I want to do anything you tell me to do, to line myself up and to obey so that this word will manifest through my life. But it takes constant vigilance. You can't, if you don't even remember that there was a word, <laughs> I don't think you're doing constant vigilance. Now he said to me as I close, he said to me, now the, there's words that Pastor Nancy's spoken and some of the people have forgotten and doesn't want you to forget. And so I want you to put on, Brother Peter, please, the one, let me tell you which one I want you to put on. It's the one from May 5th, 2018. I was in Russia with her and this is what she said. She called me out and she said, the voice grows. The voice grows. The range of the voice, it goes further. Not just in the city, not just in your country, but in the realm of the spirit. That obviously means other countries. The voice is enlarged 
And it will deal with issues that the devil would like to work against your country there in Canada. It will work to bring blessing and not restriction. In fact, there will be legal things there in Canada that will change because they're dealt with. He authorizes you to deal with those things because he gives you the voice to deal with it. We thank you, Father. Now, that was an important word. And that was one of the ones he said to me, the people have forgotten that. I said on June 7th, when I was thanking you for the pad, remember God said that word to me. He said, I saw what they did for you. And then he listed three things, what they did personally and their general financial giving to the corporation and tithes and offerings and, and faithfulness in general, faithfulness. He said, all the different things people do that are faithful. Remember, he said, I saw that. And, he, and then he said, and tell them, tell them because of what they've done, power is made available for them. In other words, there is, uh, they, they can reach out and take some stuff if they'll just release their faith because I'm poised to do miracles for them because of their obedience, because of their honor, because of their sacrifice. Remember, he said that then as I was going on that service, June 7th, in the flow of that, then I started speaking by the Spirit about Acts 17. Do you remember? And about how that man, Paul's preaching in Athens at the Mars Hill, and he's talking to the people, and some, the Bible says, in verse 32, they mocked him. And some, the Bible says in verse 33, they were very interested and they asked to hear more. And then, some, and then just some, not as many, but some, at least two people, but there were more than two because it says, and others. So there was, there was a group that was, that was so, they were so touched by the word of God. It changed their life. And the Bible says they clave unto Paul. Didn't say they clave unto the word, they clave unto Paul because Paul was the one that preached the word. Now we cleave unto the word, but when some, when God uses someone's feet to bring you glad tidings, the Bible says precious are the feet of those that have brought the tidings of good news. So when Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne were used to bring life to me, it's the life that I'm appreciative, not necessarily them. I love the word that they brought, but God chose to use them and they chose to align themselves and say yes. And if they hadn't have said yes, I don't know who else might have not said yes, but they said yes, and I heard it because of them. So while my honor is to God and the word, there is still a very special place because my heart cleaves to them because they obeyed the good call, and because of that call, I got the word. Do you understand the balance there? You're not putting a person, you're not worshiping the person, you're thanking God. It's the word that changed you, not Pastor Nancy. It's the word that changed you, not Pastor Craig. But if it wasn't for Pastor Nancy, that word couldn't have changed me. Because she's the one that brought it to me. And if it wasn't for me obeying my office and my calling, that word might not have got to you. It might not have changed you. So there's a cleaving, yes, to the word, but also an honor and a love for the person that brings you that word. And that's what the Bible says here. They cleave their hearts unto Paul. This is scriptural. I'm not just, I'm not just talking. This is in the Bible, Acts 17, 34. And the Lord showed me that. Now, he said, this congregation in the microcosm, he said, he said, many of them have cleaved unto you. But he said, tell them, obviously, there's a test coming for some of you. He wouldn't say it if there wasn't a test coming. There's a test coming to try to separate some of you. So he said, tell them to not just cleave to the word, but tell them to cleave to the one that brought them the word and guard their hearts and not be offended with you. And not get familiar with you and not get opinionated about you. Because you may not like Aaron, you may not like farmers, you may not like horses, and you may not like John Deere. But that doesn't mean, I, I, I'm just using funny things, but I'm, I'm saying a serious thing. You may not like, I hope, I hope none of you feel this way, but you may not like my skin color. But I like your skin color. 
You may not like the fact that I've got four boys and no girls. You may not like the fact that I wear a tie. You may not like the fact that I picked carpet with snakes on it, which it's not snakes, but that demon-possessed lady said it was snakes. I'm just saying there's so many little things, Greg, that people may not like because we're all got preferences. Do you understand? But, they, but guard your heart. Guard your heart. I mean, Pastor Nancy makes it easy because she's just like a butterfly. I mean, it's hard not to like anything about her. Makes my job easy, but I, your job's a little harder because I'm not, I'm not, I'm a more of the worm more than the butterfly. So there may be some things you don't always like about me. There might be some things that I don't always do right. I don't flit and I don't float and I don't, and I don't say it's time for miracles and angels start singing. And everyone's like, I'm just like, shut up and come to church. And everyone's like, ah. <laughs> you may not hear angels sing when I preach like Pastor Nancy. I, I may not look as pretty because I'm not blonde and I'm not, she's taller than me and she's thinner than me and she's, she's Miss Oklahoma. <laughs> I've never even been Mr. Aaron. I've never been anything. I've never been anything. I, I was, I was the king. You know how they do king and queen senior prom? I was the king. I was the king, yeah. And then when I asked the people who decided, they said, we felt sorry for you. So I said, said, okay. Well, maybe it wasn't that I looked so good. Maybe you just felt sorry for me. I don't know. But that's the only thing I've ever won. I was the king of the prom. But that was a a handout. That was a free gift. That That wasn't a true win. My point is, is that there's a lot of things that I can do that, but you've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to make decisions beforehand. Uh, if I'm busy and I can't always counsel or ask somebody else to help you, you've got to have guarded your heart. Well, see, the devil will say to you, see, he don't love you. Look, you're not important. See, you're not a big giver. You're not important. He only talks to people that give a lot of money. Somebody came and said they heard a voice telling them that. Pastor Craig only talks to people that give a lot of money. So that's a, that's a satanic voice because it's not true. In fact, I spend, you guys, the staff, I spend more time counseling people that don't give any money than I do with the people that give, because sometimes those people are in such need, they're going through such trauma in their life, financially they're strained, mentally they're strained, physically, health-wise they're strained, relationally they're strained, and I got to spend time helping them, and sometimes I spend most of the time helping with people that really don't bring a lot to ministry of helps or tithing. But that's, but that's a lie when the devil says he only talks to people that give that, that are rich. You see, that's a, that's a demon spirit lying to them. But you see, they listened to it. And then they came to me and accused me. And then I was able to gently bring them back and say, sister, that's a demon lying to you. You know that's not true. And then it's like she came out of her stupor. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. It's like, well, I wish you could have come out of your stupor when this was at your home. It shouldn't take me to draw you out. Because what if I never met with her? She would have left the church. Do you understand? So you've got to guard your heart on some of these things because there, there's a cleaving to that person that, that you're connected with, obviously to the word first, to Jesus first. He's the chief shepherd. But, the, but Jesus isn't showing up every day. Je- you're not touching Jesus, but he gave you a pastor to touch. So you've got to guard your heart. Remember, he said some will mock and some will be interested and some will cleave. Now listen to me. I'm closing with this. Now he said to me that Reverend Microcosm, this church, encouraged them to cleave. But then he said this, and this is very important. This lines up with that prophecy. He said, now, do you remember? He said it to me that as I was preaching in my mind, he's talking to me, but you don't know it because I'm still, I can do two things at once. I can preach and I can have a conversation with God at the same time. I never used to be able to do that, but I've, I've honed my ability to listen to my spirit even while I'm talking. And Dr. Dufresne taught me that. And so as I was preaching and he said to me, he, he, when he, those three things, mocking, interest, and cleaving, 
Then he said to me while I was preaching, he said, now, uh, this, this mocking interest in preaching is not related to your church because your church aren't mocking you. And most of your church aren't just, you know, sinners and barely interested, but they do want to hear more. Your church have cleaved. He said, but this is referring to your international ministry. And then he said, this, he said, now you, the, the voice, and then he, he quoted this to me, Jenny, June the 7th. This is just a couple weeks ago. And he said, do you remember what Pastor Nancy prophesied to you? I said, yes, Lord. I said about the voice. And he said, the voice, the breath, this is the way he said it to me. It's not the same exact wording, but the way he said it to me was the breadth of the voice, the reach of the voice is growing. That's what she said. The voice grows. The voice grows. The range of the voice, it grows further. Now, he said the breadth of the voice and the reach of the voice. She didn't use the word breadth or the word reach, but it's saying the same thing. He said, now, this is part of your international ministry. He said, this is when I ask you to travel and I ask you to go, not just also a live stream, which goes around the world at different parts at different times, but also that you have to sometimes go physically. And he said, now, there are going to be some. And he's prepared me, Greg. He said, there will be some that mock you to your face. Do not let it bother you, son. I've already warned you that they'll mock you. They mock Jesus and they mock Paul. I'm not, I'm not at their level and I never will be. So it's okay that they mock. He said, but there will be some that are so interested that they want to hear more. And there'll be some even internationally that say, because of the word that you brought, it's changed my life. I cleave my heart to you. Uh, you're my spiritual father, even though you're in a different country. Like those, like those 50 pastors there. I don't even, haven't even met half of them. But even before, the, even before this, when we were, we were going to go before COVID, they had already, God had already dealt with them. He's the person I put in your life. I want you to learn from him and listen to him. I want you to see him as a spiritual father. This COVID thing and the two bits of food we've sent only has solidified that. But they'd already decided that. Now you see those people over there, see their hearts cleave. And they don't even know me. I don't know their names. They, they, they know me, but I don't know them because I haven't gone yet to meet all of them. But you see, this is what, Jenny, this is what God said. Some will mock, some will be interested, and some will cleave. And he said, why? Because the breadth and the reach of the voice grows. So what I'm saying to you is two-pronged tonight. Okay? One prong is pray for the services that happen on a regular basis so that God's will can be done in those services greater. And the second prong is pray for the voice and for the international ministry and the anointing, that apostolic anointing, pray that the voice has breadth and reach. God has said he wants it, but we must still pray it out or it won't automatically happen. Do you understand? The Lord said to me, and I'm not, I'm not joking with this. The Lord said to me, he said to me two cat meetings ago, he said, Pastor Nancy's going to ask you to preach. When she does, this is what you preach. Remember I was on the plane and the lady was singing, she was drunk. We are the champions, no time for loo. I mean, she was singing that loud, drunk as a skunk. And the poor guy sitting beside her was so embarrassed. Remember, Jenny? I was right in front of her. I didn't know what to do, so I didn't do anything. I wanted to slap her, but I didn't do nothing. Everybody's, you know, when people are drunk in public and nobody really knows what to do, everybody kind of goes like this, you know? So we just let her sing the whole trip. A couple of times the, the stewardess came and asked her to be quiet, and she said, Okay, I'm sorry. And then she's five minutes later burst into song again. But in the midst of we are the champions, God said to me, if she asks you to preach, preach this. And then I preached and said, Lord, why would you have me do that? There's other ministers that are far more senior than me in this room. 
And he started talking to me. He said, this will not be the only time. He didn't tell me how many. He said, this will not be the only time. This will be the first of many. And he said, because I've told her to give you a place because of your voice. And then Taylor tells me, and this, this is one of other examples. I, I won't say all of them, but he told me even just this week, was it you or somebody else that somebody heard that sermon on the blood? And they live in another place, I think in Tulsa, and it totally revolutionized their entire life. They've been sending that sermon to everybody that they know. Another person met me from Kansas and said, I've never heard that message on the blood. It's changed my life. I've been sending that message to everybody I know. Dr. Coulter called me because of that message about the blood, and God restored and, and, and made strong our relationship again. I mean, see, see, God told her, do that. Why? Because of the voice. Not because I'm a great preacher, but because it was in the plan of God. And, and, then, and, then, and, that's how, and then now this e-conference and there's pastors from different parts of the world that watched that e-conference that we did in Calgary. And then now, now 700 Club called last week and want me to come and do a special thing on Israel's peace that goes out to all these different people and talk about, it's not you know, my ministry, but I'm still over that ministry. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? Like, why is all these things happening? And then he said, I told you, son, the voice is growing. And then I told you on June 7th, the breadth and the reach is growing. But now listen, all of that has happened. But listen to the, the kicker is tell the people to pray. Because some of them have forgotten about the voice. Some of them don't even pray for the, just the little services you have. They need to pray for the services. That's what I've spent most of the service today preaching to you about. But they also need to pray for the voice because this, the apostolic call is beyond this city. It, the reach is supposed to go further. Praise God. Amen. And I don't know. He won't stop. He won't quit on me about Philippines. I don't know what he's, I don't know what, I don't know what. I'm praying it out. Pray with me about the Philippines because I don't know why, but there's something in the Philippines that I have to do and I don't know what it is. I've never been to the Philippines. Why doesn't he send Pastor Ramos? He's Filipino. I'm not Filipino. Ramos says Filipino. But so we have to pray that out. And then he just said to me two days ago, again, about the voice. He said, you remember when you were in Brazil? I said, yes. He said, you remember that one church in the dangerous neighborhood that you preached? And you said it felt more like home than any other place you've ever preached in your life, including Pastor Nancy's church? I said, yes. He said, would you like to know why? I said, Lord, and, and he kind of corrected me like, why didn't you ask me? Because we can be so dense. I said, Lord, I'd like to know why. Why did that feel that way? I felt like I was in promise of life. I've never had that experience anywhere in the world. And he said, the reason you felt that way, son, is because I have prepared a place for you in the spirit in that church. That's why it's home. That's why it's family, because I've made a place. There's a place you occupy in the spirit. I said, but I'm a guest minister. I'm not the pastor. He said, yes, but doesn't Pastor Nancy have a place of occupation here? Now, I'm not saying that the man should submit to me or nothing like that. I'm not trying to equate my relationship with her with my relationship with Pastor Jose because I don't even hardly know him. But that's what I heard him say. And he said, I want you to go back next year and I want you to do morning and evening meetings as long as he will permit you to stay. And I want you to teach with your wife because there's something in that, there's something going to be released in that church from your office that they need. That's why I'm connecting you there. I said, well, why? I'm nobody. Why are you? You're somebody else. Like, I, I, I've, got, I've got the lawn to cut. The, the tractor's waiting. I've I got so many things to do. He said to me, the voice, son, the voice. But he said, tell the people to pray. So I'm asking you, pray for the services, but pray for the bigger picture. Pray for what we're doing weekly, but pray 
pray for this, whatever God is trying to do internationally. I'm telling you, I didn't ask for it. I didn't look for it. I didn't even want it, to be honest with you. I'm not an ambitious person, but he said to do it. Pastor Reverend Randy has confirmed that apostolical. Pastor Nancy has spoken forth about the voice, and, and the time is upon us. I'm not saying that we'll see all of it. Remember, this is a takeoff year. That means the wheels just leave the runway, Taylor. That doesn't mean we're soaring at 30,000 feet. It means we're just taking off. Next year is going to be a climbing year. It's gonna, every year is going to get more and more and more. And God will only give us enough that I can chew because I have four children. And I'm not going to lose my children for the ministry. And I'm not going to lose my marriage for the ministry. Do you understand? Because a lot of people do. I'm going to make sure that my family's strong. And that my local church, my family church here is strong. And that my staff are strong. And that my leadership is strong. And that my sons are strong. And my spiritual sons are strong. I'm not just trapping all over the world just to have fun. But if God says there are times where you have to go because of the voice and because of the apostolic call. If you haven't prayed, Rob, if you haven't prayed, if you guys haven't helped me, if you haven't labored in prayer to birth this thing, not just for the services, but for for outside this city, outside this even nation. God is going to hold certain things. He can hold you accountable for that. I have to pray, but I can't do it all. The people have to help me. If I don't pray, he'll hold me accountable for it, brother. If you don't pray for the voice and for these services, he will hold you accountable for what doesn't happen. Do you understand? I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to say that when you're part of something, be a part of it. A part of it doesn't just mean, hurry up, get it over. A part of it is, I'm ready, I'm invested, I'm praying, I'm here, speak, I'm ready. And also, Lord, not just the services, there's something bigger on, there's a destiny on our church, and I'm part of it. I'm part of it. I have to pray out because my prayer will affect people in Africa. My prayer will affect people in Philippines. My prayer will affect people in Brazil. You know you can have a part to play what happens in Pastor Jose's church. You can get to heaven and God can say, here's fruit to your account. Why? I never went to Brazil, but you prayed for Pastor Craig while he was there. You get a part on it. This is very real. I'm not just making this up. It's, an, it's a spiritual law that operates for eternity, forever. The Bible, David said he has made it a statute that would last for every generation. The ones that go down to the battle receive the same reward as the ones that stay back and protect the supplies. You're here protecting supplies, and I'm down there in the, in the country. But we share and share alike if you've been a spiritual part of it. So would you remember that the voice grows? I had other prophecies. I'll maybe play them another time. But I want you to remember. Let me read it one more time, and then we'll close. The voice grows. The voice grows. The range of the voice, it goes further. Remember, he said the breadth and the reach of the voice on June 7th. Not just in the city, not just in your country, but in the spirit realm. The voice is enlarged and it will deal with issues that the devil would like to work against in your country there in Canada. And oh my God, the devil's trying to work a lot of stuff. It will work to bring blessing and not restriction because they're trying to restrict us. In fact, there will be legal things there in Canada that will change because they're dealt with. He authorized you to deal with those things because he gives you the voice to deal with it. In other words, the authority to deal with it. We thank you, Father. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I didn't quite know how tonight was going to be executed and delivered because when that kind of anointing comes, it's just bubbling and I've got little bubbles everywhere and I don't exactly know how to start, how to end, how long to go. It's not like an organized sermon, but I know that you wanted me to share that tonight. And I believe I've shared it, Lord, to the best of my ability with your anointing. And I believe the people watching heard it and have received it. And I know I can feel in my spirit the people here tonight have received it in their hearts.
And that, Lord, we're going to not just tick the boxes that we've been ticking and where you're pleased with us, but we're going to tick that one box that has been eluding us. And that is the box of prayer. And that is a box of spiritual making a place in the spirit and laying a track and planting our stake, our peg in that railway track to hold it in place so that we have a part for what happens in each service going forward locally. And we have a part in the voice reaching further into other nations and other countries. For Lord, you'll hold us responsible as a congregation. If we don't pray, things won't happen in our services here the way they should. And if we don't pray, the voice won't go to the reach and things won't happen out there with those precious people that so desperately need it in these other countries and across Canada. Lord, you'll hold us responsible if things don't happen because we didn't pray. But Lord, we're committing to you, Father. You know that I'm praying more, but Father, the people are also praying more. We're all praying more. Father, we commit to you tonight as a congregation that we will invest ourselves in not just the natural, but in spiritual acts of honor, spiritual acts of prayer, that we will make a place in the spirit, that Lord, that we would be, that we would prepare that ground so that the minister and whatever other person that you want to use on a given service can step in to that anointing and that the plan of God will be demonstrated and the words of God would be uttered. And not just locally, but internationally, Father, internationally, in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. And I bless you and I praise you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't forget this now. It's so easy to forget. Write it down. Put a reminder on your phone. And say, say to yourself, uh, to, whenever you want, tomorrow, the next day, whenever it is, spend time praying for the service. Spend time praying for the voice. Just write it in your phone so you don't forget. Because you might not look at your sermon notes for another three months and then the, it might, you might forget. Write it down. Spend time praying for the next service and spend time praying for the voice. Hallelujah. The Lord is with us and he is so good.